Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206-451-4220. Hey, it's Michael Fabiano here from SI.com, and I'm excited about the upcoming launch of the SI Fantasy Podcast. Myself, along with Dr. Roto and the Fantasy Executive, will get you ready for your fantasy drafts in 2020 and guide you to fantasy football glory. Get on board with the SI Fantasy Podcast and win your fantasy football league. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance, we help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206-842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com. I'm Maria Metzler, the Executive Director of Helpline House. The global pandemic has affected us all differently. If you or your neighbors need food assistance, mental health counseling, rental assistance, or parks and rec vouchers, please reach out. Helpline House can help in many ways. Find us on the web at helplinehouse.org. It's what we do. Neighbor helping neighbor. The Bystander Podcast, in partnership with Bainbridge Strong and the Island's own Pegasus Coffee Company, is proud to offer this special release whole bean blend for a limited time. A medium dark roast of coffees from Colombia, Ethiopia, and Sumatra. It offers a balanced, full-bodied cup, perfect for virtually any pairing or occasion. $5 from the sale of each 12-ounce bag will go to Bainbridge-based small business or nonprofit of your choice at checkout. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. What's cracking, podcast, Phil? You found the Bystander Podcast. Today, we welcome back Lynn Lindbergh. What's good? Woohoo! Hey, Tim. It's so great to be back. Yeah, it's good to see you. I don't, you I don't see enough of my friends out there. I know. Neither do I. This extrovert is suffering. Well, not really, but as far as the extrovert side, yes. I am missing my friends, so it's good to see you, Tim. Thank you. Likewise. And uh, I love your background, too. Who made that? Or uh, I hate it. I hate to say this, but probably China made it. I don't know. 
We're all at home. We're on Zoom so much. And so I grabbed a few different backgrounds to liven it up and make it a little more fun and friendly. So Love it. we got you got flowers today. Hope you're okay with that. Yes, yeah. for sure. Because it's <laughs> been so hot and smoky. Out. It seems like everything's dying. It does. Yes. My, it, my garden did not do too well. And my established blueberry bushes are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from actually born and raised in Portland, Oregon. And so my news feeds mm. are just full of like all my friends. I have family who's uh, uh, one family. Well, my mom's taken in two families into her home where the smoke is worse than it is up here, but not as bad as where they're evacuating from. And then I have a cousin who's taking in a family and it's uh, it's really real to me right now. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of when Mount St. Helens erupted and the ash was just floating all through the air. It's It's gray. It's nasty. It's hot out. It's yeah, yeah, a little change. It's forestry. It's a little bit. When Mount St. Helens blew, I think I was six or seven years old, and we lived in Portland, and we had actually a view of Mount St. Helens. And when you're six or seven years old, I remember all the grown-ups forcing me to watch it for hours. This is so cool. And as a little kid, you're like, okay, smoke's coming out of the mountain. The mountain blew up. Whatever. You know, you don't mm -hmm. know. And, um, uh, but I do, I remember watching Mount St. Helens and seeing, um, like imagining, oh, I see an angel. Oh, I see a dragon, you know, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I can't believe it was 40 years ago. Yeah. I remember, uh, going to Idaho and it was like somebody had bulldozed snow off the road just to get through. And there's these big mounds of grayish, whitish ash that were just everywhere. Oh, Wow. Wow, wow, crazy Fun times, stuff. You know. I know. So now we're now we're stuck inside putting fake flowers on our walls so we can feel a little happier, you know? You just do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. I, I cuddle with the dogs a little bit more. Oh, nice. Hey, nice. so we met back when there was a viaduct on Seattle. And oh my gosh. There was, wasn't there? Yeah, and you were organizing a five K race. <laughs> The night before the construction started to go down. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That just blink. Yeah. And that wasn't that long ago. And mm -mm. now we have trouble with the West Seattle Bridge, the seawall. Uh, mm hmm Chop and Chaz came around. Um, yep. The whole idea of this becoming a world-class city here in Seattle. Um, once that viaduct came down and the waterfront was going to be so beautiful and now parts of the sculpture park is closed and yep. ghost town and it's kind of boarded down. Boarded up, up. everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I drove through the Westlake area two days after the initial big riots and then I needed to be in uh, Cap Hill when Chop Chaz was going on. And um, it's been really, really interesting to watch for sure. Mm -hmm. Big breath, yeah. So, is that what we're talking about today, Tim? Chop <laughs> <Stop> and chaz. <laughs> Let can, me get my Kleenex. <laughs> we can a little bit. Okay. Um, I definitely want to ask you how Couch to Active and, and HIP, anybody that wasn't around for that conversation a year ago, um, can you tell the listeners a little, little bit about what Couch to Act, Active, Couch to Active is? Yeah, happy to. So Couch to Active is 
my business I opened uh, three years ago, and really we help people go from uh, really if you if you've ever found yourself saying I should exercise more, but that's what we do is we help you fill in that section of how do I get exercise in my life consistently. And um, I've got a podcast runs five days a week. Uh, it's we try to make it fun and whimsical. I've got an award winning book and uh, a online self paced course that uh, run people through. And I recently just started something new too. that's uh, for folks who are just really tired of the whole online thing. Mm-hmm. They can be they can be my couch active pen pal. And we do it all analog through the mail, which is kind of fun. So yeah, and the crazy thing I, uh, since you and I last talked is originally, I thought I was solving a problem for people who were too busy, like the a, the typical busy professional, you know, too much going on. What ended up happening was because I personally have chronic illnesses, um, three of them, I ended up resonating with the chronic illness community. So people who have real big barriers of chronic illness or fibromyalgia or, uh, and then all of a sudden the blind community is resonating with this. So that and the aging community. So those are the folks that I'm really serving the most are the ones who are not just stuck. They're like beyond, you know, anything normal out there, not working for them because they have so many special needs. So um, it's been really, really great, really fun, really neat to be a part of something that's uh, positive. Yeah, and you're married to somebody that has um, chronic illness as well, so you have something in common. And yeah. uh, we'll get into how that's led into your relationship with Eric and sure. uh, your other podcast, which I enjoy. Great. But let's talk a little bit about what, I'm kind of labeling as healthy snacks. You know, my podcast is all about your mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. Um, yours is similar in their little five to 10 minute podcasts of healthy snacks of, you know, like I, I listened to one yesterday with the 90 and get off the toilet. <laughs> I was wondering if that's the one you're going to say. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, I'm loving this. And you were talking about body weight squats and I'm, I'm very much in the mindset that I'm not going to be a bodybuilder. I'm not going to have a six pack. I'm not going to run a marathon, but I would like to have flexibility and strength as I progress in age. And topics like that are, 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 are something that I think that you're tackling on a greater basis, on a daily basis. You know, you're 200 plus podcasts in on these healthy snacks, as I like to call them. Um, I like it. Tell me a little bit more about how it, specifically radiates with your audience you know i i that's funny the the toilet one (laughs) so folks what tim's talking about is every day monday through friday we do a five to ten minute podcast the the reason i changed it to every day five minutes is because who wants to listen to an hour-long podcast once a week on exercise motivation nobody i don't so uh, so I thought, you know, we'll do this real quick every day. It reminds, it gives you another reason to get active, gives you another thing to think about. And we're actually, today was episode 231, which is crazy. 
Um, yay. Yep. And each episode you can just scan through and say, you know, oh, 90 in toilets or hit workouts. What's that? Or, you know, body weights or bar or, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, really the, the purpose of it is to just give folks, uh, a little inspiration. And in every single episode, I'm assuming that you don't want to be a bodybuilder. I'm assuming that going to the gym is not necessarily a, hooray, I get to go to the gym now, you know. Um, I'm assuming that the audience and listeners, um, they they have lives, as they would say. They have stuff going on. They have priorities. And they know they're smart. They know that they have to move and exercise but just they don't buy into, and rightly so, they don't buy into that fitness industry brainwashing that I call it, that makes you feel like you have to go hard or go home yeah. and you know do your protein do powders, it. supplements. Yeah, exactly. So it's all about injury free. And yes, so the toilet one, folks, you got to go listen to it. I tell people about how secretly we all want to be able to use the toilet by ourselves when we're 90 here's how to make sure you get to do that Mm. um yeah and it's and that topic is near and dear to my heart because we've got some aging parents and the they're right on that bubble of some days they can do a body weight squat and some days they can't and the Mm -hmm. second you can't get up and down from a chair your whole life changes dramatically yeah so, and yeah. it's something that you don't really think about on a daily basis. But no. if you get these little five, ten minute, ten minute healthy snacks of advice from from Lynn, you know it, it's positive reinforcement in many mm-hmm. er- areas. I was listening to a podcast called The Broken Brain, and mm-hmm. it was similar to this. But they were like, "Do you have five minutes to change your life, and, mm-hmm. or change a habit?" And mm-hmm. I was thinking, yeah, I got five minutes. Let me just listen to this. Mm-hmm. Well, nine oh. minutes later, they hadn't got through the intro and the ads. <laughs> and oh, my like, gosh. Can you get it in five minutes to tell me what I can do for five minutes? And it was 90 plus minutes long. I toughed oh it goodness. out. But, um, you know, sometimes you just want the who, what, why, and yeah. where, and when. You know, That's totally me. Yeah. One thing I drew out of that was okay, let's say it takes three minutes for my tea to boil. And then, you know, I put my bag in or my loose leaf and I let it simmer for a while. Hey, there's five minutes. What could I do exercise-wise or a mental exercise for that five minutes that I'm doing just a daily task? Yeah. Oh, Your your uh podcast fits very well into that type of thought process, I think. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And and it's all about... I I almost overdo this, but I don't care. It's for me, it's all about (laughs) smile factor. Like, I mean, Uh, really, we want to figure out how to do this so we can smile more. So it's more mm -hmm. fun. And I mean, one of the things that one of the podcasts I talked about that I still do is the the glute squeeze. And um, so like in the restroom, the sound, it doesn't have to be the restroom, but this is just what I do. Safety precautions. I got you. (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. is uh is i'll just you know you stand still and you can actually squeeze your glute your butt muscles really tight asymmetrically yeah 
isometrically. Yep, exactly. And, and it's actually great exercise. Do that every day or, you know, every time you use the ladies room, every time you use the ladies room, Tim, you know, go ahead and do Well, it's that legal and, now. Yeah. Oh, you're, oh man. See, I can, I, We're going to go there too today. Yes. I can identify <laughs> with anything, anywhere and choose to be who I want to be. And uh, okay. No, okay. that's why it's the left coast, best, best coast, right? Left coast, best coast. Yes. The left coast. Oh my goodness. Or yeah. The far left radicals is the wingers. Right. I call it the wingers. We got right wingers, left wingers, fringies. There's the people on the fringe. So those are those are the words I'm going to make up and make go viral. Wingers and fringies. I'm bringing back centrist. I want to find commonality yeah. down the middle. Amen. <laughs> Forget how crazy you are on that to the left and that to the right. Um, yeah. What do we agree upon on the middle? And let's come together. Come together right there. Yeah. And it's not, there isn't, I, don't, I can't remember if we talked about this before, but um, this year in 2020, I made a goal uh, before we knew what 2020 was, one of my New Year's resolutions, because I'm one of those weirdos that actually likes doing resolutions and checklists and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a New Year's resolution to make a concerted effort to what I call listen to the others this year people i don't agree with so i would you know surf social media and find somebody that i was would listen to what they're saying and think oh my gosh that's wackadoodle like that Mm -hmm. they're crazy and then i would go in and i would listen to like if they had a podcast i'd listen to a minimum of two or three hours of their podcasts or i'd read their propaganda or Mm -hmm. holy moly i'd sign up for their email list and after months and months of doing this, well, first of all, it almost threw me to the loony bin. It was so it was way harder to do than I thought. Um, yeah. But after, um, so I'd go in, I'd, I'd listen, and and then I'd have to back up and take a three days to breathe and go in and listen again. And 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 I did this for all kinds of people. And at the end, I realized, oh my gosh, we are way more aligned than people even realize at all. And just what I've learned from all that has been so amazing and impactful um, to my life. And it's left me feeling a lot more, a lot more centered mm-hmm. around all this. But, um, whew, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. So Yeah, that's good to hear. Because I'm starting to see um, a shift in, in media and journalism. You know, I used to think CNN told the truth all the time. Not so much anymore. I see mm-hmm. NPR kind of lean in one way now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to skip over to MSNBC, Fox News, mm-hmm. QAnon, mm-hmm. Alex Jones, Ben Shapiro, Joe mm-hmm. Rogan, just yeah. get a variety of ideas and thought processes. And I do see a lot of commonality that just isn't spoken about. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's always the one thing that outrages somebody and that's, it's, it's more like, hey, we're trying to get the clicks. We're trying to be astonishing. You know, I don't know oh. what the word would be, but we're we're trying to cap captivate people with kind of just a piece of false information. Yeah, or or a um, something that's the worst. I think, which is almost all of it, has an element of truth. You know, mm-hmm. yep, there is. You know, a pandemic, and what does that mean? And what? Yeah, yeah. If, and, if not, uh, it it would have been the best hoax ever because it hit every place on the continent yeah yeah <laughs> it's 
exactly. I, I used to be a project manager. Let me tell you, when people talk about conspiracy theories, I've project managed big teams before. And let me tell you, there is no way our government is that organized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just sprinkle a little on New Zealand, salt a little know. Italy. <laughs> exactly. That's but what blows I, me away about people that think it's you know, a hoax. That's just crazy. Yeah. And again, you know, I, I think I put that into the fringers, right? There'll always be a right wing, left wing, you know, fringe this, fringe that. Those are what makes the headlines because that's what stimulates the amygdala. We all, we're all getting this now. We're all understanding this now. And so that's what gets the eyeballs, which generates the ad revenue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a very, very real thing. And, um, and we're all with social media. I mean, this is a grand experiment. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've we've never really as a human race done this social media thing before. And and fake news has always been around. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with my husband Eric Limberg and Charles, I mean, there were there were so many reporters that just flat out wrote lies yes. just to uh, you know, defame him. Um, so that's nothing new, but then all of a sudden when you take an entire population of the U S you know, and give mm-hmm. 300 plus million people the ability to do this, like, <laughs> of course it's a, a, a mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you can, I don't think people understand fake news to the extent of what fake news really is and the repercussions about it. I do want to shout out a movie I recently saw this week called Social Dilemma. We watched it last night. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about it. What what are your takeaways? So, well, okay, so I watched the first half of it, and then I went to bed because I knew everything about it already because I've been so into social Mm -hmm. for so long. Uh, But it completely makes sense, the idea of how your... If if a product is free, you're the you're the product, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, go ahead. What 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 uh, specifically do you want to talk about? Uh, just the habit forming of it. You know, like the first yeah. thing I did was I cut off all the little uh, tings on my phone. You know, the notifications. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised at how relaxed I was for a few days afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have that little pop-up bubble that said, you know, seven likes or whatever. And yeah. then listening to people that were actually the creators of some of these things like Pinterest and the like button on Facebook and how, no, uh, my kids don't touch it. I don't touch it. I went through this addiction period to my phone, you know, and this is this is what you can get out of life without it. You know, I started yeah. to reevaluate how much consumption. Then I looked down at my screen time. And of course, during COVID, it's shot up quite a bit. Yep. And the school computer wasn't working. So my son was using my computer. So then that becomes the phone is my default. Sounds like I'm making a lot of excuses for myself now that I hear myself out loud. (laughs) (laughs) But my takeaway was less, you know, it really has an effect on us. And Uh, the dopamine effect, you know, like you're constantly chasing it like a drug. Like I'm looking for another like, I'm looking for a comment. I'm looking for another subscriber. I'm looking for another download. I'm looking, 
any indication of positivity and it's like you kind of starve yourself as opposed to appreciate it. If you were to keep off for two weeks and not look at that type of stuff, the notification stuff, it would build up to this huge pot and be a crescendo of love. And then you would take that and that would be your dopamine <laughs> for the week and you just move on. But every hour, like, was that clever or not, you know, that I did? Oh, t- absolutely. And and I got to tell you, so part part of the reason I didn't mean to be arrogant, where it's like, oh, I knew it all already. Um, but I spent 20 years in high tech uh, companies, uh, mm-hmm. being a consultant there. And I remember uh, about 12 years ago, sitting in a corporate boardroom at Microsoft and um, won't give any names or departments away, but I remember sitting in this room and there is no joke, a PhD in the room. And this person's PhD was solely focused on how to get people to click on ads. That was it. How to get them, like, what does the ad need to be? Mm-hmm. What do you do to grab the attention and get folks to click on ads? And I thought, holy cow, we got a PhD doing this. And then. Just two years ago, when I um, I did a book event at a bookstore, an indie bookstore in Redmond, Washington, uh, there were about 12 authors there. And the author next to me, we were chit-chatting, and he was a worked for Xbox at Microsoft. And I said, oh, well, what do you do? And he sat on a team of 15 to 20 people. We chit-chatted for a while. You know me, podcaster. I ask people questions. And he said that there's a team of 15 to 20 people who do what they, he called it the user analytics of the Xbox games. So I said, oh, so your team of 15 to 20, your job is to figure out how to addict kids to video games more. And he's like, yeah, that's one way to put it, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the, no wonder we're all getting sucked into this. No wonder we're all getting stressed out. No wonder it's just falling apart. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised not to see more shopping addiction, you know, like gambling huh. and, and stuff like that. Like it's so easy just to click and have something sent to you. And then whatever you look at online, Google and Apple, mm-hmm. they record that and then they just keep feeding it to you until you buy that stuff. Like we were talking earlier, I want to get a new gimbal yep. for video. And now every time I pick up the phone, there's a new ad for gimbal. Just because yeah. I looked looked at one. Because you looked at one. Oh yeah, I've had very spe- like the specific actual dress that I looked at show up on a Facebook ad, and that actually is a it's called a pixel. So, and I've done this before on my website. You can put in code on your website that says uh, for Facebook that says if somebody is a Facebook user and they look at this web page, make note of it. And then when that Facebook user goes onto Facebook, I can make an ad that says, send an ad to anybody on Facebook who's been on this page. And that's how they do it. So Target advertising, right? Exactly. That's one way. Yep. That's one targeted way. Yep. With all the the cookies. So much information on us and it's not, it's not just Facebook. It's Mm -hmm. everywhere. So. It's everywhere. Well, and I got to tell you, Tim, when I said I've been doing a lot of listening to the other and going to a lot of different websites, I was, I told my husband, Eric, I was like, honey, someday when you look, you know, if I get in a car wreck and die or something and you go in and look at my emails and targeted ads, 
it's like wackadoodle all over the place because I have Facebook so confused they don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I mean, I'm even getting dating sites sent to me now again. I'm like, dude, I've been married five years. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your husband I still have the paper airplane that he made and signed for my son. Oh my gosh, a year ago I will on my desk. Doesn't I will. Fly, but... uh, it doesn't fly. <laughs> oh, it's precious. Oh, oh, the plane flies, but you don't fly it. Right. Because, you okay. know, I paper thought... airplanes, you can dent the nose real, real easy. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying that Eric made you a plane that doesn't fly, and that was funny. That would be, you know, book-worthy yeah. stuff right there. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, Couch to Active, 230-plus episodes already just yeah. nuggets of sweet information please mm-hmm. go out there and get that yeah. um, you got married to eric lindberg a fa- famous artist and aviator mm-hmm. all around good dude really um, good dude yeah then you went into working with your husband how's that relationship <laughs> i don't know if i could work with a loved one all day and live with a loved one all day and have a copacetic marriage. Well, time and space. Is we have a, we have a couple acres. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we used to travel a lot. <laughs> well, now you travel by kayak. I see that a lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so fun. That's so fun. So we, Eric and I had for a long time been thinking about doing a little adventure business type adventure together and and it had to pass the litmus test of could we do this and still stay married because that's really important right and so what you test before you get married not after (laughs) (laughs) oh man i missed that memo where were you tim I was here, but I didn't know of your intentions. Exactly. So so what we do actually is uh, really we've chalked it up to more of a really um, a big hobby uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to a business, and that's the Lindbergh's podcast. And so that's we fun. I like it. It is. Oh, thanks. Thanks. We we did, well, let's see, we're 51 episodes in. Mm-hmm. We took a season break. Um, and that's good. And, yeah. You can't yeah. just force this stuff out. You know, I had, had goals of going twice a week. Well, first it was every other week. Then it was twice a week. Then it was mm-hmm. every Tuesday. Then it was like, uh, fit it in when I can. You know, this isn't life yeah. or death. Yeah. It's important to have honest conversations, not forced conversations yeah. in my book. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so we've the we've had a lot of fun with it. We've talked to some really great great awesome people and we mm-hmm. bring in when it's appropriate his family you know reeve Lindbergh, the daughter of charles Lindbergh. um we've thought about maybe bringing in john the the oldest son um we've talked to xprize founders peter demandes um mm-hmm. uh, steve smith who's an astronaut you know all kinds of just really cool people really cool guests yeah and then um we are actually sunday launching season two and it's going to be a 13-week season, so we're going to do a fall season and a spring season. And we're actually going to, um, you get to be the first one to know, Tim, um, we're going to pop the cork off a little bit more. Because the season one was testing the waters mm-hmm. and seeing, 
you know, how, how receptive are people? And we were really surprised at how receptive they are. And now we feel like the stakes are a little too high to um, really hide anything behind a curtain. So we share more about ourselves. We share more about what we really think. And the purpose is to, to give folks uh, tools of second chances and resilience. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about current events and our life and building resilience and second chances um, there. Have you guys ever had an argument on air? We've come close. Yes. We've nothing, cut each other off. <laughs> nothing edited out? Uh, we've said things that could be grossly misconstrued. And we're like, oh, hell no, that's not going on. We got it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I've suffered, you know, you talked about chronic illness. I've suffered yeah. from foot and mouth disease for a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, and and especially now, it just we have this environment where our words seem to be so um, everybody's words seem to be so quickly judged that people are afraid to share what they're thinking because they're afraid to make a mistake, and they're afraid they might say something that gets misconstrued and then they'll get canceled. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what we're doing is we're going to test the waters and we're going to say like, you know what? We're humans. So we say no to all that. Mm -hmm. I think we, yeah. My superhero strength is I'm fallible and I'm willing to show it and share it and learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm, I'm not going to get canceled by myself. Mm -mm. that I'm the host and producer and broadcaster of this whole. Exactly. Whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, they, I am mindful of keeping the family secrets, I guess. <laughs> not so much that we have secrets, but that to be mindful that um, the show is not about them mm-hmm. and that I don't need to share unnecessary information about my significant yeah. others. Yeah, well, I, I love the concept of share 110% of 80% of it. So you're really open and vulnerable, but there there are some stories that are that are not your stories to tell. There's stories of right. mine that affect me and are part of me, but they really aren't my stories to tell. And so there's that respect um, there, of course. Um, and it's not like that's where the juiciest details lie. Of course not necessarily. Um, but yeah, yeah, it is an interesting interesting thing that the the Lindbergh families talked about, um, you know, for generations. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've had some conversations about that. That's that's interesting. Yeah. The level that you've been comfortable enough to share with me off air, um, so I appreciate it. Yeah, um, have you had? Can you recall any super funny moments that you had on air with Eric? Uh, you know he because he's starting to come out of his shell. I've noticed with yes, dry humor and wit, which is yes. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So that actually was maybe one of the things and, and actually in, in uh, <laughs> we've been more real and more authentically us. And we, we just recorded um, season two, episode one yesterday. And he's an artist. He goes with the flow. He's a lover. He loves people. Mm-hmm. I'm like project manager organized. So we make a list of here's what we're going to talk about. Boom, boom, boom. Point one, two, three. And Eric will go down any rabbit hole that's presented to him. 
And it's like it, these rabbit holes just never end. And so, so I think we kind of laugh sometimes about how um, I'm constantly reining him back in. And mm-hmm. he's like, you're interrupting my story. I'm only halfway through. I'm like, but I don't know what the point is. Where are you going with this? You know, so. Well, you um, like the control. I know you like the control. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're the leader I, of the show. I am a control freak. Yeah. And I don't like being a control freak, but I don't know how to be anything else. Um, Just so, be your yes. authentic self and exactly. everybody will love you. Be the control freak I am. <laughs> yeah, so episode one uh, that airs on Sunday, yeah, you'll hear me uh, rein him in over and over again and sometimes maybe um, too much. But, you know, nice. got to roll with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I will be listening and um, tuning into that because I am working not only on communication, but the other side of it in listening. And you have this really cool new podcast called Listening. Listening skills or just listening? Listening listening skills. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I have three podcasts now, Tim. Like, who does that? I know. You're a podcast maven. Who has? Yeah. Who has three podcasts? That's crazy. Um, Lynn Lindbergh does. Lynn Lindbergh. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the listening skills one is it's, it's its own complete different beast. And it really came out like we were talking earlier how I was... I was just frustrated with listening to the other and realizing, oh my gosh, we're so much more aligned and people just, if they could only pause and figure out how to listen better, then they could see the light and the hope that we really are more aligned. And and then I went, being a podcast junkie, I went and searched for podcasts on listening skills and no joke, Tim, out of 1 million podcasts on iTunes now. Mm-hmm. Not a single one t- taught until now. Not a single one taught listening skills. And this is just like the 101. Like, you know, each episode is three minutes long and it teaches one listening skill. And um, I had some really dumb luck for designing this because my son um, is a student at Eagle, Eagle Harbor. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a summer contract through Eagle Harbor High School uh, and so he was going to learn how to do a podcast and he decided he did not want to be the voice of a podcast. He wanted to continue to keep his digital footprint small, which I totally respect. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I just want to do the technical piece. Mom, can you do the voice? And so I was like, oh, I could do a podcast on listening skills. So the only thing I did for this podcast is record those episodes and then my 16-year-old did all the editing and got it on iTunes and Spotify and Pandora, everywhere. So that was a fun, fun project that he got high school credit for. So is he that's still doing that. Uh-huh. Is he still interested in that stuff? Yeah, he's doing. He 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 actually. Oh my gosh, Tim! You we were talking about um, the editing yeah. editing software. Yeah, yeah. So this editing Audacity, the editing software I use. I I mean, I've done over 200 podcasts and I go to teach him how to do it. And he intuitively knows how to use it better than me. And I know, I know you, I know. And he taught me stuff like immediately and his skills were good. And I'm like, ha, you're a kid. Wait. (laughs) But you know, if it makes you feel better, Mm -hmm. set him down and teach him cursive or Latin. (laughs) (laughs) He'll have no clue. <laughs> like what language is that? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. So he's editing some of my other podcasts 
for me now, cool. which Plus, is pretty cool. You're finding a way to engage with a teenager, which is, you know, kudos to you. That's uh, yeah. That's the that's the biggest slam dunk of all of them. Yeah, yeah. But okay. So one more thing I gotta say about this listening skills though, is because I want so badly for everybody, especially the fringers and the wingers. You know, fr- fringers and the wingers. I've been calling to learn how to listen better. We designed it so it's all super, super simple, super agnostic of everything with no agenda except to teach basic listening skills. So anybody could go in, learn the basic skills, and there's nothing, which makes it a little vanilla, maybe a little not boring, but a little vanilla, but they could go in and learn the skills without having anything that could offend them or put them on the defensive. Um yeah, like so, a couple of topics you talked about, and I'd like you to um, yeah. pontificate on this, is like eye contact and yeah. posture. What is my body telling the person with my voice? Does it match what I'm trying to say? Is my body language? Or is it like I'm kind of just lying to you and not looking at you? And, yeah. You know, do what I say, not what I do. Yep. Especially as a parent, you – when you communicate to your kid, the first thing that you should think about in my book is how they're receiving the information that you're giving them. And your podcast goes a long way to just reinforce those small little habits because what I hear you saying <laughs> is not just a therapy talk. It's, uh, it's an inclusion of what you just heard. Like I like to repeat back sometimes. Nice job on episode 109 recapping. Yeah, I'm a big, big believer that like, when you talk to your kids, your kids are learning two things. They're learning what the words are that you're saying, mm-hmm. and they're also learning how you should behave when you're an adult teaching somebody something. Should you be yelling at them? Should you be talking down at them? Or should be, you be talking with you know, courtesy and respect. And, um, and I don't know where I picked that up, but that's how I raised my one kiddo. And if everybody's like my kiddo, which they're not, um, it's turned out to be a really great way to parent. Yeah. And it transfers to different aspects in life, you know, in, in business in in your work environment. And you know, it even transfers with my dogs. You know, if mm-hmm. I really want something to work with them, it's all about the tone. It's happy time, puppy. You know, <laughs> if I start yep. yelling and screaming at that dog, it's just afraid. And it, mm-hmm. you know, there's a difference of unconditional love when you walk in the door, or yeah, that's just my master coming in, and you know, yeah, the owner that beats me or whatever. Totally, totally. And I feel like kids need the same thing, like you say, and it it's important to, you know, get them to actively listen and not try to formulate what their reply is. And I, I know this listening skill that I want from my son is to hear me out. Mm -hmm. I don't reciprocate that all the time. And he is now, you know, 13 and he's like, you're not letting me talk. You know, you're assuming, you know what I'm about to say. And you're assuming that I need to go with the answer that you're going to give me. Well, you don't have all the information yet, Dad. Wow. You're way more mature than I ever expected. Wow. That's that's awesome. That's and just listening 
it's listening. That's part of it is setting up those skills, setting up an environment where your kid or the person, you know, that's talking to you feels safe so that they open up more and share more and in sharing more and feeling safe to be vulnerable. That's where the real communication comes in. That's where the real important dialogue comes in uh, for sure. I really enjoyed this course that I recently took called Nonviolent Communication. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. And there's what the biggest thing that stuck out in my mind in that course was these little microaggressions of frustration that I portrayed in my conversations with people. Mm. It's like I'm already kind of leaning one way that I'm frustrated or that I don't care for something, so I'm nitpicking at it or attacking it. Mm-hmm. And, um, how that makes p- other people feel, whether they want to listen to you or not. Yeah. Yeah. So what it are makes... some other techniques that you go over on your podcast? Yeah. So the, the ones I go over are really, they're, they're ones that you would, most people would say, oh, I know that, but nobody practices it. And so the very, very first lesson is uh, getting rid of distractions. And like, you know, holy moly, like, putting the phone away, the TV aside, you know, whatever it is. And we talk about how uh, just take the phone, your cell phone, for example, there's a huge difference between having the cell phone in front of your face and actively looking at it while you're listening or setting it down at the table um, face up or flipping it upside down on the table all three of those, there's a huge difference in what subconsciously, what you're communicating to the person. And if you've got your cell phone in your hand facing you when you're listening to someone, what it says to that person who's speaking is that you think they're only as important as whatever might ding on their phone. And that's a horrible message to send. It's disrespectful. And it really is. And, and it's become such a piece of our culture that we forget how, how prevalent that is. And so we've been um, practicing, you take that phone, turn the ringer off and put it completely out of sight or even better out of reach. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a conversation that's going to be a lot more meaningful. Yeah. Um, and I got to tell you, I got to tell you, Tim, when Eric and I did, you talked about us doing a, something together and being married doing a podcast together it's like the phones go away you think about what you're going to talk about you're intentional about your conversation you kind of stay on track and i mean those have been those podcasts really are the best conversations eric and i have and i really think it's just because that intention of getting rid of distractions like holy cow yeah converse with intent is Mm -hmm. so important Mm -hmm. i'll shoot the shit about the weather you know but it's surface level. Yeah. I think the weather is valid to shoot the shit about today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're looking out there, you know. Um, hey, climate change is real. Yeah, touche. The only thing I I can say is the planet will be a lot better when the people get off it. Yeah, planet's going to do just fine. It's whether or not we do just fine. But yeah, you know, I was thinking too, like mm-hmm. people that don't live on Bainbridge Island here. The, the city of Bainbridge has the Suzuki property that's between the schools and they've been targeting that as um, either land preservation or low-income housing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it has a 
toothpick forest, you know, and there's so many trees that are just spindly and, and thin. And I've been on yeah. this topic for a while. Mm-hmm. It is a, f- and it's got dead wood and everything's dry. And there's yep. a path to school yep. down there. Yeah. And a couple aquifers that could get torched in a second. And I would yeah. like to see the city separate some of those trees in the meantime while they bicker and argue or even just say, hey, we're giving up firewood, you know, take these dead logs out because they're falling every day. You know, the windstorm last week, some yeah. more trees went down. Yeah. And I have a pea patch by Island Island Center there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that area, all, the, the vegetation caught blaze last night. That that's where it was. Okay, Fletcher, Fletcher Bay Fletcher to Bay. Uh, um, Island Center there. Okay, and it's just all dry, super dry vegetation. Mm-hmm. And you know that our island is is very rural still. Mm-hmm. So forestry and wildlife and the things that we need to take care of. I think we need to be more active participants. And this weekend should open up some people's eyes on this island that. You know, Hillary Fran, Franz, the director of the wildlife for Washington State, lives on the island. Jay mm-hmm. Ansley lives on the island, and he's mm-hmm. a trumpeter for uh, climate control. But are we doing enough locally to say that, hey, we're leaders in this, and we're going to be the example, and mm-hmm. are people listening? Mm-hmm. What can we do, Lynn? What can we do? Oh, geez. I would I would have to pass that one off to Eric because he's the one who's really more <laughs> environmentally uh, up to date and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you can see that space being a hazard, right? Oh, totally, totally. Never even thought of it, and I walk through it all the time. Well, I mean, several times a year. That that counts, right? Yeah, the um, Grand Forest. You know, there's, there's it's flush some moisture there, and you yeah, know, not as dead and spindly as this forest mm-hmm. here it's like suzuki yeah is there is there plans for is that- anything <laughs> like that that i know i know there's been yeah. a lot of discussion and stuff but yeah and i know my podcast is i've had to go away from city council and politics just for the health of myself um, mm-hmm. and um, it's a little difficult to have these conversations and then not see action taken so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, there's a shout out to the Islanders and Kitsap yeah. and love people. You know, mind your forest. Don't uh, throw your cigarettes out the window. Respect the burning bands. Um, yep. If your transformer or power seems to be intermittent and sparking, like down here on Lovell and Wallace, um, the transmitter blew and started a fire last night as well. So oh, there's geez. a.
Goodness. And today's air quality is so horrible from California, Eastern Washington, and Oregon fires Oregon. Mm-hmm. that I'm not in the mood to go out and see the damage here locally. You know, because no. it's, it's dense. Yeah, no, we're we're yeah we're we're actually at. I was looking at looking it up today for actually my podcast uh, for Couch to Active. Looked it up, um, kind of what it was in Oregon, which is completely hazardous, and then here. Um, they're saying the air quality is such that you really, really should, even if you're healthy, stay inside. Yep. Close the windows. Stay home. Yep. Yep. That's what we. That's what we're doing here today. So, I just want to give a shout out to Barbara Walters. This is 2020, and you knew about this a long time ago. Don't blame her. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lynn from Couch to Active Listening Skills and the Lindberg's. Please say hello to your husband and. Um, I will. Thanks for coming on to the bystander today. Ah, oh, thank you, Tim. Nice to nice to see you again. Hang in there. Yeah, it you too. O- it ain't over yet. No. Nope. <laughs> All right. All right. Be kind. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye bye. Hey there. Band of Steve's here. If you've enjoyed the music on this podcast and you'd like to learn music, get in touch with me. Electric bass, guitar, theory, voice, production, writing. Steve Newton Music at gmail.com. Today's podcast, in partnership with the island's own Pegasus Coffee Company, Bainbridge Strong, is proud to offer this special release, Whole Bean Blend for a Limited Time. A medium dark roast of coffees from Colombia, Ethiopia, and Sumatra. It offers a balanced, full-bodied cup perfect for virtually any pairing or occasion. $5 from the sale of each 12-ounce bag will go to Bainbridge-based small business or nonprofit of your choice at checkout.